We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's good, LL Nation? Lucky Lucky Podcast. It is Monday evening. Hope everyone had a great weekend. I'm Sean Davis. We're brought to you by Anora Whiskey, AnoraWhiskey.com. It is a premium American whiskey, AnoraWhiskey.com. And if you're going to drink, by all means, make sure that you do so responsibly. Let's see. We're actually going to talk about the evolution of a program. The evolution of a program. And we're going to talk about Notre Dame. And Bennett Jackson joined us Thursday. Bennett Jackson joined us Thursday. Great interview. You can go back. It's available podcast. Rock Eye Nelson uh, joined us Friday. Yes. Both of those podcasts are available right now. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, CMB Nation, audio edibles each and every day. Home and Miss Got a Passion. You already know. We spin it differently. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Left will be here shortly. I'm going to try and hold off on the conversation as much as I can until he gets here. But we had some interesting things take place this weekend. So another big-time recruiting weekend. And just in case you missed it, we can go over the tidbits, right? Of course, the big fish was Carter Nelson. Everything was fantastic. As far as his visit, his family, great relationship. If you guys didn't see, he posted a picture of him walking around Notre Dame Stadium with Jared Parker during the visit. And it was a very poignant, special moment. I always felt like the relationship with Jared Parker, which began with Jared Parker being the tight end coach, and once he was elevated to offensive coordinator, I fully expected that relationship to be able to give Notre Dame the edge. We're talking about Nebraska. We're talking about Notre Dame. We're talking about Georgia at this point. Plenty of intel from this weekend. And we've been saying this, you know, kids like Carter Nelson, small town kids, you know, going to Nebraska right now, Nebraska is not – my dad's Nebraska. So what's really keeping you home, right? And then you have programs that have really put out big-time tight ends of recent years in Notre Dame and Georgia. And you have to ask yourself, which one fits me best? From a talent standpoint, you know, he was in Georgia with a plethora, a plethora of the top talented players, of talented players, shall I say, from the 2024 class the week before this down in Athens. Had to be impressionable to the young man. However, I still go to what fits this young man and what fits his family. And I'll stand on it and continue to say that I feel like Notre Dame and Carter Nelson are an incredible fit. And I happened to retweet his picture last night and say, you know what? He just looks like the next great tight end at Notre Dame. Just fits. He just fits, man. And so that's where I'm standing with his official visit. Notre Dame. Did an incredible job. They did an incredible job. Oliver Miles. Kid out of Texas. Safety. Another key position over the next two weeks. 
that needs to be solidified for Notre Dame in the 24 class because Jalen McClain just committed to Ohio State about an hour ago via his social media platform, which means he is not coming to visit next weekend. So Oliver Miles, Paul Minky Jr., and some of the other safeties that have come in. Ziggler's coming in next weekend. So it's going to be interesting to see how the safety position plays out. Elijah rushing. Now this is where things get tricky, right? Elijah rushing out of Arizona, big time defensive end. Love that kid. Love his tape. He reminds me of Simeon Rice. This kid is a paradox. He come in and originally he had a relationship with Notre Dame. And then all of a sudden, the relationship shot sour a little bit. And as time went on, we started to approach the blue and gold game. And you pretty much heard from a lot of people connected to his recruitment that Notre Dame was out of it. Then all of a sudden, Notre Dame gets back into it somehow, some way, right? Tip of the cap to Coach Washington, Coach Al Washington. The excitement of getting him on campus and saying, yo, another big-time defensive lineman. It would be great to get him in the class. And then Brian Driscoll over the Irish Breakdown message board this morning with his intel pointed out that the visit didn't go so great. Now, <laughs> one might beg the question, how in the world can a visit not go good? Well, the visit is really up to the individual kid. Uh, the individual kid has to open himself to whatever is being presented. He has to open himself to the relationships. Maybe Elijah rushing because this was a very much intertwined weekend at Notre Dame. The former players were on campus or around campus. We're going to get to some of the other things that were taking place for the current players during this weekend. You had the freshman class checking in. You had other visitors and you had commits of the 24 class all on campus at the same time. So it was a really big weekend. And maybe, just maybe, Elijah Rushing is not that type of kid. Maybe he prefers to be in a much quieter setting, a more personal setting between him and the Notre Dame coaches. The reports are that he really didn't blend too well with the other recruits, a little bit to himself. That doesn't necessarily mean that he had a bad time. You know, that could just be him. You know, look, I love movies. I'll go, I would go to the movie theater every day if I could to watch a film, but I don't like watching movies in crowded theaters. That's why I prefer going to the movies during the day. And I don't prefer going to the movies on opening night, especially if it's a big time movie. So 
maybe he just wanted to enjoy himself and preferred that it not be as big of a weekend as it was, right? Because there are other reports where the young man talks about the visit and talks about the relationship with Al Washington and relationship with Marcus Freeman and how much he enjoyed everything. And, you know, that could be just him, you know, being nice on the way out. Could be. But we're going to sit back and watch. We'll sit back and watch. We'll sit back and see where he goes on his next visit and see how those things play out. But I, I would rather say that um, I'll tip my cap to Al Washington for Notre Dame even being in this at this point. At this point, he strikes me as a young man that wants to stay on the West Coast. That's what he strikes me as. He strikes me as a young man that would prefer to stay on the West Coast. And if Notre Dame does the job, and pulls him away from the West Coast, you tip your cap, man, and say, man, darn good job. Darn good job. But I think that's where we sit right there with Elijah Russian out of Arizona. Bradley Shaw, Hoover, Alabama. You guys remember Hoover High School had the uh, MTV show, reality TV show. He's from that high school out, out in Hoover, Alabama. He came with his entire family. By the way, his little sister was so cute getting off the bus. She didn't have a clue where she was. <laughs> she was right up under him. It was one of the cutest things from watching the video of all the visitors getting off the bus. His whole conversation, which is this is good to hear, his whole conversation about the visit was about Al Golden and Marcus Freeman being the biggest takeaways. Um he also connected with the commits on campus. As I said before, I talked to Cam Williams during the weekend, and Cam was talking about how different it was. This is something, you know, Cam has been up there since he committed. Cam has probably been to campus close to 10 times, maybe even more. And Cam is pretty much like, yo, yeah, this is different. It's kind of dope, right? 23 kids signing in, getting their assignments, going to their lockers in the locker room, being excited about the jerseys being in the lockers and the nameplates being above where their place is going to be in the locker room. It's pretty dope. You got the commits in our class coming through. And then you got the guys that are visiting coming through. And then on top of that, it was just a great weekend. As I said before, we're going to get to the player development side and talk about what happened that weekend. But he said, man, this is one of the best weekends that I've had. One of the best weekends he's had. And this is someone that's been there for the Clemson game. Been there for other big-time weekends. Been there with C.J. Carr. And this past weekend was electric. It was just electric. It's like, man, just three different entities of the brotherhood. Current players, incoming players, commits intertwined with official visits. 
and it turned out to be a fantastic weekend. So where we get the mixed signals from Elijah rushing, I don't know. I believe it's Steve Wilfong, a 247, that really, you know, interviewed, talked to the young man and gave a report that everything went well. So we'll see how things go in the future. But Bradley Shaw had a fantastic, fantastic visit. I was on with Brian Driscoll a little bit earlier, and we were talking about Bradley Shaw, whether or not he's going to have to hit the weights. Not to refine himself or refine his body, but to put on about 15 to 20 pounds and whether or not he has those capabilities. He's a smaller player, plays inside, plays outside. I mean, he's just a really versatile linebacker. So instinctive if you watch his film. It's absolutely amazing. An amazing kid on the football field. As a matter of fact, you know what? Let's do that. Let's watch a little film of Bradley Sharp right here on the Lucky Lefty podcast. Hoover, Alabama, linebacker, 24 class. I love what I see from this kid. Like I said, he can play inside. He's very instinctive. But he's a little smallish. You look at him right there, he's a little thin, a little smallish. So he's going to have to put on 20 pounds, maybe 20, 25 pounds if he's going to play inside. But look at that. I love how instinctive he is as a linebacker. When was the last time you saw multiple tackles for loss or back-to-back plays in the run game from a Notre Dame linebacker? Once again, outside. Has the speed to get over the top. And then once again, backside. Staying home, not over-pursuing. Great tackle. Taking on the blockers. Staying with it. Brings them down. This kid is so good, man. And you can tell he's used to running the defense as you watch the film. He's used to making the checks, checking on everybody, back at the pass coverage. Don't blow him up. Don't you blow him up. Oh, he was nice to him. Okay, go get the big guy. That's right. I like that. Don't pick on the small guy. Turn around and go get the big guy. I love that. I love that. Make a play. Get to the end zone. I'm telling you, man, this kid has the athletic ability to be a big-time player and linebacker for Notre Dame. I think he could play Rover. I, I think he could, but, you know, most people project him to go inside or even at the wheel. But his instinct, oh, man, he's so instinctual at the position, man. Oh, he's so instinctive. Look at this. <laughs> Quarterback wanted no parts. He just went down. That's one of my favorite plays. Quarterback wanted no parts. He just went down. 
And the question was asked earlier because KVA comes in this weekend. This weekend, Kingston visits Notre Dame after going to USC. USC did what they had to do, you know. Of course, Troy Palomalu had to be on campus. That's just that, man. USC did what they had to do. But I feel really good that it's down to Ohio State, Notre Dame for Kingston. I really do. I really think he's going to leave California. And, you know, if you get Kingston, but you don't get Bradley Shaw, if you get Bradley Shaw and some other kids and you don't get Kingston, I would feel good with either package. But I do say this. When you're talking about 24 kids going into the fall, that you're still going to top kids, right? Caleb Beasley, uh, possibly Justin Scott, stretching things out to the fall. Or even if he commits, still having to recruit him and have him coming in for an official visit. You have to get other big-time players in the class. Big-time players want to play with other big-time players. This is why Alabama and Georgia are just racking up right now. Right. You look at Georgia's weekend list every weekend, and it is nothing but five star, four star, five star, four star. They just flipped a running back, four star running back from Florida. I want to say this weekend, it is way too many opportunities out there for great players to come on, come to Notre Dame, and play with great players. But they have to be shown. They have to be shown. And Notre Dame does not have the multitude of opportunities to have those big-time players because they're not going to have their hands on as many five- and four-star kids as Alabama and Georgia can. And we know the obvious reasons, right? Academics, admissions, things of that nature, having to find a right fit at Notre Dame. We understand that. We fully understand that. But one of the biggest things that comes into play is that Notre Dame is going through a phase where Marcus Freeman and this program, they're really trying to evolve into the future. I said this last week, and it's real, right? I said Jack Swarbrick is really getting out of town, not only because he has aspirations for other things. I believe him wholeheartedly, wholeheartedly in the interview that he gave when he decided to step down. I believe wholeheartedly that Jack Swarbrick does have aspirations for other positions possibly running an NFL team like his good friend Kevin Warren. But Jack Swarbrick got out of town before he was forced to make certain decisions that I don't think Jack Swarbrick is comfortable with. 
Jack Swarbrick is a hardliner. Jack Swarbrick is a guy that believes totally, excuse me, in the term student athlete with student coming first. I don't think Jack Swarbrick was comfortable at all with the NIL landscape. I don't think he was comfortable with the direction of the NIL landscape. And his hand might have been forced to do certain things that he didn't want to do. And I referenced this. I remember when Roy Williams decided to step away. And he stepped away from North Carolina. He might have been two years removed. If I'm not mistaken, two years removed from winning a national championship in North Carolina, two or three. But the direction of everything with the one and dones and the G League coming to fruition and becoming more of an option for high school kids, he woke up and realized it was a brand new day. This wasn't the same landscape in which he had done business for the previous 30, 40 years. And he decided, yo, I'm not equipped to do this. And instead of sticking around and becoming a hindrance to North Carolina and the program, I choose to walk away right now and to allow someone else that can come in and guide the program into the future to be able to do so. Jack Swarbrick, in my opinion, had no desire, no desire to be the one that opened the door to NIL in its full capacity at Notre Dame. As a matter of fact, I'm not sure if Father Jenkins wants to be the one by which that happens. But, you know, the AAU certification has come about. Some people ask that that was a uh, prerequisite to entry into a conference, possibly. Big Ten, maybe. Some other things are coming down the pipe with the TV deal and apparel deal. In my opinion, the TV deal is pretty much, yeah. We were hearing rumblings about 60 to 75 million over a year ago for the TV deal. So the number is the number. The number for the TV deal is already set for Notre Dame. They're going to get their money as far as the TV deal. But ultimately, the evolution of this program and where it's going under Marcus Freeman is going to be up to Pete Vavakwa. It's going to be up to Pete Bavacqua. And maybe Pete, a former Notre Dame player who has great relationships with the former players, still connected to them, an executive sports exec at NBC, understands the modern landscape of college football, media, and business. And in doing so, has more of a capability of taking Notre Dame into the future that could possibly make it more viable for Notre Dame to compete in the NIL landscape. They already compete on the academic landscape, right? 
And we're just looking for them to take a step forward and compete even better on the football field, ultimately ending with a national championship. That's what we all want. That's what we all want. So it's going to be very interesting watching how the Notre Dame program evolves over the next five years. It's going to be very interesting. It's amazing to see this weekend was a weekend full of former Notre Dame commits committing elsewhere. Owen Wafel, he committed to Michigan. And then we have Brandon Davis Swain committing to Colorado this weekend. Imagine if we still had those two youngsters in the class, 2024. I don't even know if Notre Dame would be going after Elijah Rushing. If they still had Brandon Davis Swain in the class. I will say this. Notre Dame, I want to make sure I say this, and I want to make sure I'm being respectful. Notre Dame has kids that begin or introduce the NIL conversation or their families that introduce the NIL NIL conversation and might be a little bit more inquisitive. I was about to say aggressive, but I don't think aggressive is the right word. A little bit more inquisitive about how things are going to be done. See, if you're like me, my wife laughs at me all the time. If you're like me, you know, I go to the doctor, the doctor can say, Sean, you know, take this, put it on your leg, wrap it, do this and do that, and you'll be fine. I really don't ask too many questions. I don't. Like, okay, doc, I'm going to take these meds for the pain, wrap my leg, put the ointment on it. You said I should be fine. Then there are some that the doctor says something and they have a question for the doctor. Well, you need to do this. Okay, why am I doing that, doc? Right? That would be my wife. She has a question about everything. She wants clarity. She is bent on getting clarity and knowing exactly why she's being told or requested to do these things. And I think some people and that some young men and their families have kind of approached Notre Dame and when Notre Dame has given their take on NIL and how they handle things, some people have asked for more in-depth conversations. And when it gets to that point, I don't know if it's Notre Dame as a whole because of where they are that feels uncomfortable or it gets the sense like the player and their family are overstepping their boundaries when they're really not, right? Because 
it's your right to ask as many questions as you want to. And it's up to Notre Dame to decide what's comfortable for them and whether or not they want to continue down this road or whether or not they want to break away and say, you know what, that's all right. We can go ahead and end this recruitment. And it seems like a couple of times in the case of Notre Dame, we've had that situation come up. And I don't know what it is exactly that ends up being the breaking point in the conversation for Notre Dame. Maybe, you know, Notre Dame gives their spill and people actually come back with a counter. Or people come back with what other schools or programs are saying or what evaluation another program has given this young man. And they're trying to figure out, you know, where that fits. Maybe that's offensive to Notre Dame. I think Notre Dame's decommit before you visit rule is, is a little ancient, in my opinion. And that needs to evolve as well. Because if they didn't have that rule, Caleb Beasley would have been on campus this summer. In my opinion. He would have visited Notre Dame a couple of times. So Notre Dame is very clear. Notre Dame is very clear. I think January 31st, what does that mean? It's the original date that Justice Scott was supposed to commit. Notre Dame's commitment rule is one of the reasons why Justice Scott kind of backed off and said, okay. He never committed, so he didn't have to decommit. But he said, I'm not going to commit because I want to take visits. And even though I feel like right now that I want to commit to Notre Dame, the rule is that if I commit in order for me to take official visits, I would have to decommit. And so you get the question or you get the situation where Justice Scott doesn't make the decision to commit to Notre Dame on January 31st, and now he's visiting other programs in the month of June here in 2023. So It is what it is, man. That's the way Notre Dame wants to deal with business. Hopefully things will change. Hopefully things will evolve. But we'll see. But all in all, it's a really, really good weekend of recruiting, evolution, and fun with the current roster, the incoming freshmen, official visitors, and also commits that were in South Bend this past weekend. Lucky Lefty Podcast. Giving you audio edibles each and every day. YouTube. That thumbs up. Smash it for us. Helps us with the views. Subscribe. Then go to CFB Nation or Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Lock us in. Leave comments. Give us five stars. We greatly appreciate it. It's the Lucky Lefty Podcast. You already know. We spin it different. When we come back, we're going to have what spawned the evolution or things changing this weekend at Notre Dame. 
It's the Lucky Lefty Podcast. The Nora Boys are always in the building. We'll be right back. <laughs> 